Welcome to Get to Biz, a podcast where we discuss business, spirituality, and life motivation for everyday living. We're here to help you navigate through life using these down-to-earth principles and up-to-date knowledge. Now, without further ado, let's get to biz. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Get to Biz, where we bring you business motivation and education. Hopefully, have a little bit of fun with it. As you've gone along with us on this journey of Get to Biz, uh, you know me. I'm your host, co-host Bryant, and my co-host Tony couldn't make it here today. But nonetheless, we're going to bring you some more education and information. And if you've been along with us on this journey, you've heard me talk about a lot of classroom principles and disciplines to apply to your business. In particular, if you're an early stage entrepreneur or a small business looking to pivot, And throughout this journey, we have been fortunate enough to have very special guests. And we continue today with another person who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a few years, who's definitely on her entrepreneurial journey and has been on it for a while. And she's constantly innovating herself and continuing to bring more things to the market. And today I would like to introduce you to someone, uh, a new member to the Get to Biz podcast family, Tay Lee. Tay Lee, I would like for you to introduce yourself. And what we're going to do with Tay Lee before she introduces herself is just tell you a little bit about her journey in the entrepreneurial space, uh, give you a little brief background about herself, and then what drove her into thinking about how she wanted to become an entrepreneur versus going in a traditional market of, you know, post-college and so on. So Tay Lee, welcome. Hey, hey, nice being here. Hey. So, like I said earlier, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, just kind of go over your resume, uh, overview of um, your background, what things you're doing currently, and what led you to where you are today. Okay, so my name is Tay Lee, for everybody that doesn't know me, I know he said it, and I'm the founder of Never Go Broke, and we're a financial education company that we teach all of our clients, we give them financial education, financial blueprints, financial guidance, step-by-step training, all which teach them how to be successful wealth-building adults. And so my entrepreneurial journey started after Hot, no, college. I was about to tell the story. <laughs> it started after college. I went to college to be a teacher. And then when I went to college, I could not find a job. So I ended up getting a job that I hated. And I was like, it's something that I can do in order to not hate my life forever. And that is how I first started my entrepreneurial journey. That was in, I want to say 2010. I think it was 2010. So if it was in 2010, yeah, I've been doing it for a while now. I've had more than one business. So my first business was not the business that I'm currently in now. But with entrepreneurship, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you say, oh, okay, I'm going to do this business and I'm going to love it. And then you realize that it's not going to happen and you have to pivot. So, Absolutely. I want to touch on something you talked about. Tell a little bit about, you know, as I talked to a lot of early stage entrepreneurs, they may be doing various things in their careers or life. They could still be in college potentially now. We're thinking about education. Tell us about what you, you went to college to get an education degree and you said you had your first job and you hated it was that in your field or your discipline no so my first no so I went to school for education and then I ended up uh, waitressing so I ended up waitressing at a restaurant and I hated it <laughs> so I already had bartending skills so I had been bartending and waitressing but it was in a di- different atmosphere when I got out of college because I looked for jobs forever and nobody would call me back. Nobody would give me a job. Nobody would do anything. And so I ended up, I was working at a lounge bar. They ended up closing down. 
So after that, I was like, I got to figure something out because I'm still looking for a job. I found a job at a restaurant. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And I was just like, oh my God, I cannot do this forever. So that's how I began my entrepreneurial journey. And so what you're saying is you did try to pursue your original dream of becoming this educator and bringing things forward and you couldn't necessarily find something in your field and like most people you say hey i still got to make something happen just because that's not coming through at the moment that doesn't mean i can sit by idle and wait for things to come to me i have to go find it and what you found you didn't like and you decided to do something else and i'm assuming that is this where the vision for never go broke came about or was it something else before you got there no so my first business was called Ote shoes and accessories where everything makes you say okay so that was the first business we we sold shoes and accessories so we did like a lot of pop-up shops uh, online selling moving around going to barber shops and hair places and anywhere where people would buy shoes we did a lot of festivals and things like that so that was the very 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 first business <laughs> and so you know i think it's a how scary was that for you when i think about people who are pursuing their any type of pivot or change um that it can be very difficult the one thing i want to take a second to give you kudos for and i talk about this if you listen to some of the previous podcasts if you haven't please go back and check us out you know you can find us on all the major streaming platforms apple Podcasts, spotify and so on at get to biz uh it's very i always talk about people who are in a situation that they don't like but don't try to change it and one of the things i give you kudos for is that you saw something you didn't like and you decided to do something about it and make a change. And I, and I say that to say that I know it's scary sometimes to make a change. I know it's difficult because yes, you didn't like that role, but you knew what you had. You knew how you were gonna get paid. You knew what the management was like. You knew what the work was like. And you decided to go some, do something different. So what, tell us a little bit about, if that was scary for you, you just may have this ability that, you know, hey, you have no fear, I don't know. But what, how was it just to kind of make that leap into that uh, shoe business that you talked about or get into the fashion industry? It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, you're going to always be scared when you start something new because it may or may not work out. But for me, I think I wanted the freedom more than I even almost cared about failing, if that makes sense. So I was like, yeah, so I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate this so much right. that I'd rather go out, start a business and fail completely than stay here forever and not really make the money that I want to make. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's a, it depends on how bad you want yeah. it. So it, to that, then, you know, not that you were fearful, you had felt like you were at your worst case scenario. By you stand at that place, you're like, hey, it doesn't get any worse than this. So no matter what I do for me, it's going to be at worst, it's going to be the same. So you haven't lost anything by investing in yourself and betting yourself. In one of the previous series, I talked about, you know, um, or maybe something comes, I don't know. Anyway, I talk a lot about some of the same, same topics. And the reason people, again, you hear me say the same topics over and over again is because it's hard to digest and process a lot of information you learn through sometimes repetition and i'm bringing on different guests and people to talk about some of these things you can hear that same type of repetition through their uh, tone and what they're done what they've done so with that being said when it was your you know she kind of took an approach of i have nothing to fear i'm at my worst case scenario so what could possibly be worse than me being miserable today so now as you're going back to your entrepreneurial journey and as you 
what led you to the next thing though? How did you close out Ote? And then what led you from Ote to the next thing? Hmm. So let me try to remember everything, you know, it was so <laughs> long ago. So the next entrepreneur journey I had was First Alert Tax Services. So, no, that is such a story. I started doing taxes. I worked for a company doing taxes. I'm like, that is not right. I started, I started working for a company doing taxes. Um, I was just over everything in that office that we were doing. So I started that process and I worked for the company, I think for like four years because I did a franchise. So I bought into their franchise. So I brought into their franchise and we did that. And was, yeah, right. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking I was doing Ote shoes and I was doing the taxes at oh the same goodness. time. Yeah, I think I was doing both <laughs> at the same time. So it was a, it was a definitely a process. Yeah. It was definitely a process. I can't imagine it. You know, I'm, I'm going to get back to the taxes. It's uh let's see tax season has been extended so it feels like taxes all year round and for some of us it is truly all year round uh so i can only imagine being in the business but as you were doing both i, I think you know sometimes people are thinking about what do they want to get into as a business and you just talked about something that i think is an option for a lot of people is the franchise model so you were at first alert tax services but you weren't you, you decided to you, i think i've heard you correctly buy into your own franchise and, no, no. So that's why okay. I said I said it wrong. So okay. I worked for a company and I bought into their franchise. Correct. Okay. Yes. Oh, so yeah. Still, so I so bought you... into their franchise. And then after I only did, we did like a contract with the franchise just to kind of see if I liked it. And that was something I wanted to do. And after the contract for the franchise ended, I transitioned into my own company. Okay. And was it still a tax-based service that you transitioned yes, into? That was first alert tax service. That was, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so again, I think it's still relevant though. You try something out by buying into an established model instead of trying to create it from the ground up. Exactly. And, and you learned from that experience and then you say, Hey, I'm assuming this. I'm going to be just filling some gaps for it. If I'm speaking too much for you, just please stop me. You decided then to say, you know what? I think I can do this on my own. Uh, yeah, and kind of branch out. Process. Yeah, it's a learning process when it comes to it because it's like, okay, you're trying to learn it, you're trying to make sure you know everything, you're trying to get it all together, and just me actually being over the offices that I worked for with the company, doing everything, and actually doing the franchise, it allowed me to see if it was something I wanted to do on my own. Did I like it? Did I want to stay where I was at? What did I want to do? And so for that, from there. I was like, you know what? I want to do this on my own. You know, you may be, uh, for some of the listeners, uh, I, you know, I think what Tay has done here is a wonderful thing. You know, she was in a place that she didn't like and kind of did a hard stop and say, hey, I'm going to do my own business. I know I run into a lot of people now where the college students are just about, sorry, entering college or just about to finish up. Yes, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to start my own business. But one of the things I always question was like, well, what business are you going to start? And before I even get there, I asked them, well, what are you majoring in? They talk about they have this discipline that they're majoring in. And I talked to them about, well, why don't you, like you've just paid for an education. Why don't you now let someone pay you to learn? And that's kind of what Tay was talking about. She took the opportunity. Yes, she was an entrepreneur, but she was learning for someone else while getting paid. And then decide to branch out on her own after she got those skills. So basically making mistakes on other people's dime. That's what you want to do if yeah. you can. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I mean, it's always good to learn from somebody first. Now, mm -hmm. if you already know everything, I think that's great. But I, I always think it's better sometimes to go and learn from someone so that 
you can have some kind of understanding instead of just saying, I'm gonna do this on my own and you have no understanding and you just keep messing up instead of saying, you know what, I can take a year to learn or two years to learn so that when I actually start my own business, I'll be great in it. Yeah, and, and at the same time, I know you've heard me talk about podcasts around raising capital. At the same time you're learning, you're also putting, setting, you're able to set aside capital to start your own business. Because as you know, as an early uh, stage entrepreneur, when you're starting your business, it's gonna take some type of capital resource. Even if you're gonna get some type of market funding, they wanna see that you have some type of capital on your side. So, and we'll dive into it a little bit further. I don't wanna to take too much from Taylor because like I said, I know her time is precious and I wanna make sure we get the most out of, we, the audience, including myself, get the most out of her during this time I have with her. So with that, now you're at uh, First Alert Tax Services and what was next? Or are you still doing all three today? You said you were doing- No, okay. so I'm not I'm working. I'm not working at the restaurant anymore. Okay. I'm not working with the restaurant. We stopped the franchise and then I sold everything that I had for, Ota shoes and accessories. So I found somebody and they bought everything. And I was like, this is so dope. So I don't do this anymore. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. How long were you in business with Ote shoes and accessories? Like how long was that? I don't know. Maybe two to three years. So basically you started a business and then you were able to sell it in two to three years to have additional capital to start doing something else. Mm-hmm. Wow. So again, people, like I said, these are just, these are stories of one person's experience. Uh, this may not, you know, how you have those disclaimers, you know, usually on the exercise equipment or weight loss playing uh, results, not typical for everyone. They are not <laughs> typical. Everything, everything is a case by case basis. I promise you everything is a case by case basis. So, so just, just keep that in mind, but definitely use this, all these stories to uh, take notes, use them as inspiration and things to do to find your own way and things you want to think about. So now you, get rid of all that you have this capital you're doing your tax business and so now are you all in on the tax business i was doing real estate also okay all so right. while, doing the, while doing the tax business doing real estate because right. i always i always wanted to be your landlord well i'm not gonna say a landlord but i always wanted to have real estate, have real estate. <laughs> so. and what do you find most interesting about real estate i i know what you mean about not wanting to be a landlord i uh not that most landlords don't like people but tenants come with a whole nother tenants and people sometimes they say are different they're, they're fun they're fun so what, what they are was, definitely fun they are they are <laughs> um and i know you love all your tenants and i'm assuming you're still doing real estate today yeah we, as well as taxes we still have, tenants. We still okay. have yep. and so in real estate what is it that you found the most interesting i always say and i'll kind of lead you into this i always say that real estate is one of the today probably the fastest ways to grow your network uh, because of the appreciation value and then if you're renting you didn't also have the rental income and cash you know flow. cash flow so it's a it's a, to me i think i find as a powerful tool a asset a powerful asset into generating wealth and again it may be just only, you know some people say well it's only on paper but that carries a lot of weight again when you're trying to get capital from people they want to see what assets do you have so i know something that interests me what is the most interesting thing to you about real estate in growing your portfolio is it is it from the the transactional mm -hmm. side of the buying and selling is it the buying and holding or is it just the total portfolio growth um, i think the total portfolio growth would be yeah i think that would be because it's it's so many ways you can do it so i think a lot of people buy and hold mm -hmm. especially me because i like the cash flow okay i like okay. the cash flow some people like to flip you know mm -hmm. that's just what they do 
Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people that buy and hold and then they also flip. So because you have to think about it, you may buy something and it may take six to seven. You got to get it renovated. Yep. And then you have to sell it. Mm-hmm. So that could take six to seven months if you have good contractors. <laughs> if you have good contractors. So it's it's a, it's definitely a process, but I, I think I like it overall. Okay. And, and my point was, this is not going to be a real estate class. There are a lot of folks that you can go to uh, see them pop up on various social media sites they can dive into all aspects of real estate like you said fix and flip buy and hold cash flow models etc but it's more to talk about her diversity as an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur excuse me and how she is in her journey so now you know you have taxes i don't know if this is actually now she may say she's doing something else here in a second folks so i gotta see so but at this moment where we're talking about your journey you have a tax service or company that you're managing a real estate portfolio how are you able to balance the and since you just said these are both currently going and i didn't even touch on never go broke yet so let's before we get to never go broke how did you manage just those two things simultaneously Uh, i know they're somewhat related around the tax aspect and deductions and all of that but still it's kind of two different business models from having a tenant client base versus a general public client base that's looking to have taxes filed. How, how did you, how do you balance that? Well, taxes are seasonal. Okay. So I always remember that taxes are seasonal. It's not something that you do all year, but it depends on if you're an accountant or not. I'm not an accountant. So taxes are seasonal. And then when it comes to the real estate, for me and the tenants that I have, we don't have a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have a lot of problems. I rarely get phone calls. So it's not really something hard. I mean, when we first got into it, you know, you have to, you have to, I'm not going to say train, but you have to train your, your tenants, depending on who had them before. So it's just a learning process, but my tenants are not, don't have bad tenants. Thank God. Right. So <laughs> thank God. So yeah. it's not, it's not hard. If that makes sense. You're able to balance both. Yeah, I can certainly see that uh, because uh, what you just keyed on is that you spend a lot of time up front training your t- or educating your tenants on what the do's and don'ts are. You also spend a lot of time up front educating yourself to kind of make it more of a seamless uh, transition or transaction and a process. For you. And a process. If you, Go if you put the correct processes in order, it'll definitely help and get things completed. So that, that's how it is for me. Like I always tell my tenants, and I guess that I'm saying this wrong when I say this, but I always tell them, unless the apartment's burning down, like you can't just call for anything. And then I always say, if it's burning down, then you might want to call the fire department before you call me, because I can't do nothing. <laughs> like You got to get somebody <laughs> else there. So it's kind of like a thing. And I'm not saying you can't call me for anything, but I'm saying you have to put it in a certain way so that they won't call you for every single thing. And you're just like, well, I can't do anything about that because I've had some call me in the beginning and be like, well, the light bulb blowed. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. But you want me and- to do about it. So it's just, a, it's just a thing of, you know, putting procedures and techniques and everything in place. Yeah. And, and, and certainly what you can say is more what you did was set expectations for the client and the customer. So when you set expectations, then there are no surprises. Right. You just have to be consistent. So when you're thinking about your business and when you're going on this journey, you got to think about setting and meeting expectations and being consistent. Right. 
consistency is what will make it easy for you. I know, you know, she's thinking about in the moment, uh, you know, she kind of glossed over how difficult it was in the beginning for setting those expectations. But believe me, there was some time spent there. You're seeing it on the other end after all that hard work. You know, if you're a big sports fan and whoever you're following, uh, well, I just picked two sports, basketball and, and football, you see the end product. You don't get a chance to see them when they're in practice on the field or in the right. gym or all that work that they did before, you know, that that soaking in the ice bath, you know, licking their wounds, as they would say, all those scars and marks. You don't get to see that. And I said something earlier about, you know, when you have those scrapes, bruises, et cetera, it comes back in the form, it, a scab comes over it and then it makes it even stronger and tougher. So believe me, that's going to be their part of your journey. And now getting back to Taya, she talked about, you know, what's making it easy for is again, level setting expectations being consistent and, and being in constant being in contact and communication with the client. Once you do that, then you kind of eliminate surprises. What you don't want to do, and you know, hopefully you guys have heard this cliche, if you haven't, write this one down, overpromise and underdeliver. Mm-hmm. That will get you fired right away. And I say fired, even though you're, right. on, you're, you're your own boss, so to speak, your clients are really your boss. They can fire you. The people that are giving you money stop giving you money. That's the same as you getting fired. Just think about it, you go to the job. When your job stops paying you, you got fired. So it works the same way. And what we don't want you to do is get fired. That's why we're teaching all these techniques and I'll bring you people such as Tay Lee that can kind of talk through that. Now, with that, Tay, uh, bring us, uh, what else do you have going on? Because we, we got two things that you're currently doing today that- We have, we, the company Never Grow Broke. So okay. we have that. And Never Grow Broke, I think you said it is a financial literacy firm? Financial literacy company. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what are your goals that you're hoping to do with Never Go Broke? Like, what is its teaching mission? As much, teaching, Go ahead. teaching as much financial literacy as possible so that we can build generational wealth and not generational debt. And why, um, where do you see that being an issue or a problem? Because, I mean, as you see, you know, anytime on TV, uh, there seems to be uh, millions of people that are wealthy through Bitcoin. So what is, you know, of course, we have our beloved Warren Buffett, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and everyone talks about what is this? Who is this solving a problem for? Like, where do you see this being a bit need, big need, the financial literacy? Financial literacy for me, it seems like the biggest need is for middle to lower income. OK, seems like that's where the biggest need is, because they just don't know. They don't know. And when you say they don't, go ahead. Sorry. They what just do- don't know. They don't know what to do with it. When they get the money, they spend it. It's just a lot of things that they don't know. And I'm not saying just because you're rich that it could be different. But for me, I see that's what the biggest need is. Because I just think about people that, like you said, football and basketball, they came, a lot of them don't come from something. So they get the money and then it's all gone. And it's like, oh my God, if I would have did this, 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 and that, like, how do you spend 20 million? How do you lose <laughs> that much money? So I think it's something that people should know in the beginning as much as they can, no matter how old they are. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they get to hood or to wherever they're going to be, they have some understanding of it. I think the younger, the better. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And what you're talking about, that's where the literacy comes in at, you know, how do you lose all that? If you don't have an understanding of it, you'll lose it. Just like anything, take money out of anything you don't understand, you tend to lose or not, or you break it, so to speak, uh, because you don't understand how it works and how sensitive it is. And you talked about people that have this massive amount of wealth, such as an athlete. It sounds like what you're saying with the financial literacy and along with that, because then you also talk about the other end, when you get money and then what do you do with it? So it sounds like it's about wealth creation and wealth retention. 
So the wealth creation part is when you start accumulating money and have things to put in your pocket. So how do you go about doing that? How do you create right. wealth for yourself? And that could come about as being an entrepreneur or going out work some kind of way, you're going to have wealth creation where monies are coming in. And then it's about wealth retention. How do you keep the money and make sure that you never go broke and you <laughs> never go broke, so to speak. And I, and it sounds like through these, uh, through never go broke, you're gonna, you're kind of setting people up with ways or tools to kind of help them make sure that they have that wealth retention. Right. And you have to think about, so for me and my background, what do a lot of people have to deal with taxes and real estate? Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it all ties into it. That's something. A lot of things that people have to deal with, taxes and real estate, and whether that real estate is renting, whether that real estate is whatever they have going on, and taxes is so important. So all of these things help when it comes to anything that has to do with Never Go Broke. Okay, okay. So, you know, um, I know that Never Go Broke, what I want to do is, I know that's a platform that you have that has kind of evolved over time, and I think you have mm -hmm. some other projects and products that have come out of Never Go Broke. And now that I now see the uh, trifecta here between the real estate, taxes, and financial literacy, uh, what I want to do is take a break or a pause here and come back and kind of bring all those things together and dive a bit further into uh, the financial literacy piece of Never Go Broke, because it seems to be like a big uh, pinnacle or climax, uh, pinnacle point in her journey here. So with that, folks, I'm going to take a pause here and come back with you more of Taylee. Again, if you haven't, as you listen to this episode and you haven't heard those, please go back and find us. You'll find a lot of great information and I look forward to seeing you next time on Get to Biz. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on this segment. We would love to hear your feedback about today's subjects. Shoot us a message on Instagram at get2biz or email us at info at get2biz.com to stay up to date with all our future endeavors. This podcast is made possible by viewers like you. We hope the info given today encourages you to get up and get to biz.